The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Tear? Sarah Jane? Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who pod with Sai and Dan. I am Sai and this is Dan. How you doing, mate? Oh, we're a couple of sleepy, sleepy boys today, aren't we? Bit sleepy, I'm bit so grotty. Tired. Yeah, I, I got a bad cough. My daughter, my daughter's had a cough the last couple of days, and I kept thinking, oh, don't let me catch that because coughing's the worst, isn't it? I fucking hate coughing. Oh, when it gets you your know? ribs and all that, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Brilliant. Do anything like even if you watch something funny on the telly and you laugh a bit too hard and you start coughing, it's just crap, isn't it? You know, no, Charlie's done it. Yeah, exactly. Charlie's had a cough for a few days. And I kept thinking, oh, please don't get the cough. Please don't get the cough. And I spent the majority of last night waking up coughing and stuff. And I've been coughing at work. And yeah, I made the mistake as well of deciding to record somewhere slightly different today because we've got a few things going on oh, in the no. bedroom with regards to. Uh, christmas presents and wrapping and, and locations and so on so my recording studio is unavailable right at this minute so i'm literally led on my bed with my laptop so if, you, if i doze off and start snoring dan you've got to shout really loud okay well that's gonna be fun might actually get audio content of side hitting his pants so I was going to say, I know I would verse you out to change. So thank you for making the effort. And you would ask me how, how I am. I think, uh, but uh, yes. all things considered, I'm all right. It's it's a bit weird doing this uh, doing this twice in a week, isn't it? Getting episodes in yeah. the can and and all that. It's uh, it's a it's. Ooh, I don't know what to do with myself. I keep thinking it's Sunday. Yes, we. I'm glad it's not Sunday because that means I've got to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm getting ill just in time to go back to work, which I'm sure my colleagues will love me for. Yeah, there we go, there we go. But speaking of getting ill, there is a Dalek that's a bit poorly and needs some help, and that's what we're looking at today. What was that? What 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 what? Oh, what 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 a segue! What a segue! That was massive. It's not professional. (laughs) Sad thing is, nobody will believe that we didn't plan that. No, I know it's weird. Apart from, really people who know us or, apart from people who know us or, or have ever met us, or you know, yeah, like that. yeah, I've ruined it as well, man, by going, what, 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 what's that face for? And just totally trashed it. So, <laughs> 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 but never mind, <laughs> never mind. Uh, today we are looking at the Peter Capaldi story into the Dalek, first broadcast on the thirtieth of August, twenty fourteen. Ten years ago, next year, Dan. It doesn't seem like that long, does it? No, that weirdly that makes me feel older than the previous episode being eighteen years old does for some reason. Yeah, it felt like there was. A, I think it was because we had that year where Tenant only released the specials, 
but it, it felt like a much longer gap between Eccleston and Capaldi than mm. uh, than Capaldi and now. But then you know, to be honest, we had that um, we had that pandemic thing in the middle that uh, that caused a bit of grief in it and, uh, and held up a few projects. Yeah, it, yeah, of course, it, it, it had a few issues, didn't it? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Capaldi to me still feels like really recent. It still feels like literally yesterday that Capaldi was Doctor Who, and but since yeah. then we've had Whitaker and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's a bit. I mean, the Eccleston series to me now does feel eighteen years ago. It does feel mm. quite a way back, and early Tenant feels that way as well. But I think primarily because when I watch early Tenant. He's so young and baby-faced in it. It mm. makes it a lot older because obviously we're seeing Tenant now a bit older in, in the in the specials that are currently airing. But yeah, this doesn't feel like ten years ago or nine years ago or whatever. Again, I, you know, I mentioned the I mentioned the pandemic in passing, but it really has ironically warped the percep- our perception of time mm. because there was two there was at least two years where nothing really came out. Nothing, you know, nothing really happened. I, I can't remember what year the flux was, but I think it was maybe late twenty one going into twenty two, and then we've had to wait till or, or early twenty two, and then we've had to wait till twenty three for the new specials. So I think that's the reason we've only had sporadic episodes or, or like almost mini series for the best part of three three years, going on four. Mm. So I think that's warped our perception of time. But yeah, and you say about people looking young, I know Peter Capaldi wasn't a young man or isn't, you know, when they started, when he started as the Doctor, this is his second episode. It's mad when you look at the start of his run and the end. It wasn't that long, but he he grew into the role so much. Yeah, he... At one stage, his hair got quite a bit longer than it is here as well, didn't it? I was surprised how short yeah. his hair is in this episode. And I almost got Pertwee vibes from him at times with how yeah. he looked with his outfit and the hair and so on, you know? Grum- grumpy Pertwee. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I mean, this here, though, Into the Dalek. Uh, I've, I've, I saw this when it aired. I watched it back with Charlie for our run through uh, a little while back. That aside... This isn't something that I would actively go back and, and and watch on a regular basis. So when I press play to watch it back for the uh, podcast recording we're doing today, I I couldn't remember so much of this. There was so much of this that I mean, there was bits that came. I was, oh, I remember this bit now, or I remember. Oh, oh, I remember what's coming up now. But there was also big moments that I completely forgot about. How about yourself? Is is this something that you go back and watch on a regular basis, or is this uh, the first viewing for a little while? First viewing for a little while. I watched it once or twice uh, when it originally aired, so and maybe once since. It's probably my fourth viewing in in ten years, which which obviously isn't a lot. I said last week that I thought we might be on for another hidden uh, Capaldi uh, banger, and that was because I remember not being overly enamoured with his first episode, but that was very much that was almost feature length, um, sort of continuation of of. The end of Matt Smith's reign and establishing sort of who and what Capaldi's doctor would be, but this one really filled me with hope at the time. So I was looking forward to getting back into okay. it. Okay, fair enough. And then we got and then we got robots of Sherwood, and I thought, oh god, that that's fucking awful. What are they doing? Um, <laughs> so it kind of leveled out. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Um, okay, then. So let's dive into it. 
the beginning of this is all out of spacey and sci-fi, isn't it? Lots of spaceships flying around, laser beams, pew, 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 and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just pew, 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 go along with wee, wee, beep, boop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and basically, there's there's a ship being chased, isn't there? And uh, we find it's being chased by Daleks, getting shot upon by Daleks. And just as this ship basically gets blown to bits... The pilot, who seems like she is the only surviving member on that little ship, that little fighter or whatever it may well be, uh, she appears in the TARDIS. The Doctor materialized around her the second that the ship disintegrated, which on one hand is amazing. On the other hand, it makes me laugh he can do that, but then also not land at a time and a place he always wants to. And the TARDIS sometimes takes him weeks out off course and so on. I know it's all for the sake of the plot, but it is quite funny, isn't it? How on one hand he can do this, on the other hand he, he can't do this, you know? Well, he might have been in the area, you know. It's always... Um, it, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. You can hit it from the from the hockey roughly where you intend, but you try and do that from a mile away, you're going to struggle. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just making yeah. excuses, but that, I think that's how they've explained it away before, in that you know, the further that the Doctor's trying to go in time and space, the less accurate the TARDIS can be, or I may have just made that up in my own head because I can't remember where I heard that now. No, that well, makes sense to me, to be fair. Makes sense to me. Um, do, then. <laughs> the the doctor takes the the is it Commander Blue or Lieutenant Lieutenant, Lieutenant Journey Blue of the Combined Galactic oh, easy for me to say. Lieutenant Journey Blue of the Combined Galactic Resistance. Um right. yeah it sets out sort of quite quickly sort of just how Capaldi is really because he's there she comes to and he's saying you'll feel sick but please don't be and mm. he's just stood there holding coffee and it's almost like he's there looking for recognition and thanks when this woman just wants to know where her brother is who was dying in the passenger seat yeah and he's there saying well hang on I've got, I've, I saved you so you know you go me yeah. It's um yeah, it's, it's this early Capon thing, I'll come to it later on, where it's um it's very much more in the, the Baker style of things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Colin Baker. Colin Baker, yeah, that's what I meant. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, vital word there. <laughs> <laughs> uh the doctor takes uh Lieutenant Blue back to her mothership, I suppose, the the bigger ship that the smaller vessel she was flying would have come from. And um, we find it's actually a medical vessel, or used to be a medical vessel, but they're at war with the Daleks, and we get explained by Blue's uncle, who is a commander there, that they don't really need medical ships anymore because the Daleks don't leave any survivors, which That's is quite chilly. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's been a few good lines already in this, because um, Lieutenant Blue's saying that she'll shoot him and take over the, the ship, and he just says, oh, please, you'd starve to death trying to find the light switch. And... <laughs> Then, as she's leaving the ship, trying to still come into, you know, still in the early stages of coming to terms with the death of a brother, he tells her to dry your eyes, Journey Blue. Crying is for civilians. Yeah, like fucking hell. That is that is cold. This is something that Capaldi's doctor had in the early parts of his run. Well, maybe not even just the early parts of his run. I'm, I'm trying to remember it. Uh, again, I, I don't go back and watch these on a regular basis, so it's difficult to get the time frame correct. But I know definitely in the early part of his run, his hatred of soldiers was 
really strong and almost sometimes mm. overstated to the point where it got not annoying, but maybe a touch ridiculous. Yeah. I think that was all that was all a very clumsy effort to set up the tension between him and Danny Pink. Oh, don't start me off on that, Nobed. <laughs> What's your beef with Danny? I just don't like the bloke, mate. Is it, <laughs> is, it, is it because is it because he's with Clara? Is that are you jealous? I'm not saying that that is what it is. I'm not saying that it's not. <laughs> no, I I don't like. There's a couple of moments, and it's not in this episode. It's not in this episode. In this in this episode, I think he's fine. But there was a few moments in his run. Danny Pink's run, a very short time on the show, and he's only in like a select few episodes. Yeah. Um. Uh, we are going to come to them. We are going to watch them at some point for the, for the podcast, of course. And when I see it, I'll be, I'll go, okay, that's what I'm talking about. But there were moments where he would say certain things to Clara. And I would literally sit there and look at the wife and be a bit like, okay, that's a bit controlling, isn't it? Now, obviously Mm. it wasn't written that way or or meant to be that way. As far as I know, but it came across a little bit, I don't know, off. It might've been me misreading it. I don't know, but I I just didn't like the guy, to be honest. They always had this thing for, for a long time. They had this thing where, Danny was struggling to come to terms with Clara swanning off with the doctor. Mm. And then they needed a reason for the doctor to be wary of or, or dislike Danny. So they chose the soldiers thing. Um, and it, was, it wasn't a love triangle, but it was very much Clara stuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a bit of an odd thing. And then throughout this whole first series as well, you've got the... You've got Capaldi's doctor trying to figure out if he's a good man or not. Because that yeah. comes up again. It comes up in this episode and then it comes up again and again. I seem to remember it running throughout where he's trying to sort of figure out his own morality. And I think realizing that he's taken on a harder edge since his regeneration and, and is maybe or thinks he's maybe a little less caring or trying to be a little less caring. And that sort of gets resolved as Capaldi's time goes along because throughout a lot of the later, um, in fact, the, towards the end of the run with Clara, he's always talking about duty of care. Mm. Uh, you know, duty of care to Clara, even duty of care to, uh, care to Missy, and uh, then Nardole and Bill. So it's kind of, it, the whole thing is him sort of figuring himself out in a way, which yeah. is... Uh, I think goes a bit unnoticed because I've seen a fair few people try and um, like to sort of rag on, and, and rightly so in a lot of cases, uh, Chris Chibnall for not really resolving anything. You know, setting things up and just being like, that'll be cool. Okay, so what are we going to do with it? Um, yes. Like setting off the timeless child storyline and the flux and all that, and it's never really had a conclusion because he you know his time was coming to an end as, as the showrunner. Um but yeah I think with the with Capaldi's arc and, and coming round to actually yes he's a bit gruff and and sarcastic and and seemingly cold sometimes he still does actually have that that care inside him. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
But sorry, that was Danny a rabbit Pink. on my mind went down there. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Danny Pink's still a knobhead. Um, we... <laughs> <laughs> How are you this jealous of a fictional character? Oh, it's in the, I don't know. I just didn't really like. Again, like I said, I just didn't, we when these moments happen, I will point them out, and hopefully you'll see what I mean. But I'm fully going to. Regardless of how good a point you have, I am just fully going to blame it on you wanting to have it oh. with Clara. Oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Sadly, laid out now. <laughs> Sadly, Miss Coleman has pieces of paper that say I'm not like close enough to her to do that. But anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a joke. So <laughs> yeah. Um... On this medical ship, the uh, the doctor is getting spoken to by uh, these military types, and they explain that you know he, he obviously goes by the title doctor. They say they have a patient, and th- this is um, very futuristic in, in how they do things here. They shrink people down to go inside the the bodies of the patients to fix the the medical issues they may be having so the doctor's like oh you're gonna shrink me and then we turn around and get our first sight of the the good dalek so to speak yeah uh, tied up and is in need of some help but before that i love the doctor nerding out over the molecular nanoscanner mm, yes She's like, oh wow you know, shrinking, brilliant. <laughs> so he said, you use it to shrink the surgeons? And they say, yeah. And he just says, great idea for a movie, terrible for a proctologist. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what a proctologist is, Sly? I know what movie they're on about. <laughs> okay, so a proctologist is somebody that specialises in your arsehole. Ah, okay. It's a bum doctor. A bum <laughs> doctor. <laughs> So that got a that got a laugh out of me because ha ha bottoms, um, <laughs> and then Capaldi's face when he sees the Daleks a, a, a picture in it. That's one yeah, thing Capaldi so really had. He's he's so expressive, like just all around it. <laughs> and they call it out later on, but it's the eyebrows. Mm. The fantastic, yeah, he is brilliant at this, isn't he? Um, and that kicks into our intro. And the next very long. Is- very long opening yeah. bit for for that, but I'm not against it. I quite no, like no, that. It's, it's setting the stage. We've had a bit of drama and shooty, shooty, pew, pew, boom, boom. Um, that's too long for a T-shirt, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just gone boom. Yeah, it, it, it's great. Um, I, I actually thought they weren't going to have the intro when it got this this far into the episode, I just thought it's just the way this is going to be. This one, like the cold open and so on, you know? But no, they do yeah. play the intro. And then we see uh, Danny Pink, and he is arriving. Well, no, he's not arriving for work. He's teaching like a cadet's class, isn't he? Uh, at yeah. this Coal Hill School, which we know Clara is at. And he then Stalker. goes into... <laughs> he then goes into the school where the receptionist is acting really freaking strange. I thought there was oh. going to be a payoff to this. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be some kind of uh, reference later on to this, and it was important that this conversation happened because it was so weird and obscure and odd. But there is nothing else. You don't see her again. Chimnall doesn't pay things off. Um, it was just a really awkward fl- flirting, basically. I think was she the attempt. Was really strange. She was really. Oh, she, she, was. she sounded like. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's. Oh, it reminded me like. It reminded me like if 
if the people in the fast show who do the suits scene were school receptionists. <laughs> I bet you were reading, yeah. sir. I bet you were, sir. <laughs> I know your type. I bet you were reading on the weekend. I bet you had a good weekend. Well, what, what is she trying to insinuate? Like, what is what is that? What? Who talks like that? <laughs> it was rubbish, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Clara arrives. Hooray! And um, <laughs> <laughs> pull your trousers up. <laughs> uh, she has a again slightly weird but it's intentionally weird on this occasion interaction you, you've missed you've missed kind of a vital character development point for Danny because we've basically seen a sort of a little compilation of his day just before this where he's in class he's setting homework oh, he's yes, obviously yeah. a new teacher and he says any questions and kid puts his hand up you know, it's obviously the little one of the little shitheads in the class was like, asks if he's killed anyone mm. from when he was a soldier, and he, he gives an answer. He's non-committal. He says, "I was a so- excuse me, I was a soldier. There were people who were soldiers for the other side. That's all I'm going to say. Any questions that, that aren't about that?" And the kid puts his hand up and says, "Have you killed anyone who wasn't a soldier?" And that leads to Danny having having something of a PTSD flashback. You don't see what he's thinking about, but he's repeating the homework as a tear starts to fall down his face. And it's that sort of odd for the kids that they don't even start being dickheads. Uh, Which I know a lot of a lot of the classes in my school, if you saw a teacher start to cry, that'd be it, you'd be on it. Oh yeah, totally. We were we were shitheads. Yeah, and we were. <laughs> but, but you know, this guy is he's just coming, he's been confirmed that he was a soldier and basically has, has told the kids that he's killed people is then like really struggling to not get emotional in the middle of his class and it's, it would just be like ooh yeah we maybe don't do that again uh, yeah, it, yeah it was a bit awkward wasn't it yeah, um, but not as awkward as the flirting from beforehand and Clara putting her foot in her mouth trying to be funny yeah yeah, and but the, what was it? The moral, uh, the moral aspect of soldiering. Uh, yeah, so you kill people and cry about it afterwards, and it, it's a bit on the nose. It is a bit after what we've just seen in it, and also there was a really weird thing that Clara does in this scene, and when she goes and sees Danny Pink again, I think pretty much in the very next scene where he's in his classroom on his own. Mm. where it's almost like they're trying extra hard to get the fact that she's got the Guardian newspaper in her arm into shot. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's really like repositioning it and making sure it's very clear and prominent to to where they're looking, basically. Fuck off, Daily Mail. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good Uh, message. I, Um. I enjoyed this, though. This I thought was really good because... Danny, it, basically, Danny and Clara are kind of skirting or dancing around, um, wanting to ask each other out for a drink and so on. And there's somebody's leaving due, and Clara's asking if Danny's going. And then we see Danny in his classroom saying, what the sh- <laughs> Yeah, saying what he should have said. And then it cuts back to him going, Oh, no, I'm not going. I've got some reading to do. 
and, and it happened to come to a point. Like I, I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was funny because um, we've all had that moment at some point in our lives, don't we? Kind of half fuck. What do you say that for your knobhead? Mm. <laughs> we've all done that. And he's then knocking his head on the desk, and Clara's just stood in the doorway, <laughs> saying, "Is that wooden sound you are the desk?" And he asked her how long she's been there, and she's just like, "Longer than you'd like." Yeah. And he's just like, "Okay." <laughs> and then she just asks him, "She said, will you look that terrified when you take me out for a drink?" And he's like, "I promise I won't." It's just like fucking hell. I mean, that worked out fine, I suppose, but. Yeah. Okay. So, there? so far, then um, we'll we'll make sure we sort of keep a thing on this, I guess, for every Capaldi episode we do. So far, no problems with Danny Pink from me. Okay. So so far, it's fine. So I don't think so he's good. a knob yet. Yeah, I don't think he's a knob edge yet. Did you have um, any problems with him in Mummy on the Orient Express that you can remember? Because we covered that. That's the only other episode we've covered in this series that Danny's in. And I think if he's in, um, he's only in it briefly. I don't remember, to be honest. I didn't realise he was in that. I did realise who I was speaking to then um, <laughs> when I started asking the question. Although, yeah, I think he's only in it briefly because it's one of those ones where it's supposed to be like the last hurrah. Yeah, he's maybe in it at the beginning. But anyway, I can't remember. I'll, I'll have a look back through the notes and we'll maybe revisit it another time. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, the Doctor turns up, and I like this because the TARDIS is in a cupboard. And the yeah. doctor's got the two cups of coffee that we saw from the very beginning. And he's there with coffee for, for Clara. Clara's response is great. <laughs> Where the hell have you been? And he says, I went for coffee. And she said, well, three weeks ago, that tickled me. Yeah, three weeks ago in Glasgow, he got yeah. distracted. And she's like, three weeks in Glasgow, that's dead in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, come on then. And so the doctor clocks right away while she's smiling. And uh, she's all evasive. <laughs> just he just goes straight in about so it basically saying, oh, it's nice you've met someone. You're not a young woman anymore, and all that's like fucking hell, mate. Yeah, it's <laughs> so there's, a, there's a bit of that in this episode. There's a few um, lines from, from Capaldi that are just so funny, and the way Clara sort of goes, oh, thanks, you know, she yeah. sort of, as though she's just kind of like, I, he, he's he's my weird mate. I get it. Do you know what I mean? I, I reckon it's yeah. really good. Um, I've friendships like that <laughs> um, Mackenzie who's been on uh, on UTT with us I've, I've given her some right shit bless her uh, and, and got it back as well I might add uh, <laughs> but it, have, you, have you seen any of the um, like roast battle clips online where two comedians just insult each other yeah I used to watch it when it was on was it Comedy Central uh, I, I used to so, watch yeah. yeah I think I got up to like season two or maybe three I didn't yeah. like Russell Brand in the first series because I think Russell Brand's a knob. But then when oh, they got yes. rid of him, it got vastly... It was much, much better, put it that way. So the ones I've seen there is Jimmy Carr, Catherine Ryan, and some just... I think it's like, it might be an American version or something like that. It looks very Americanized. Jonathan Ross then, was in it for a bit, wasn't he? Jonathan Ross, he's the other, he's the other judge, I think, on this clip I've seen. Okay. And it's, it's two comedians and they are both mates. The bloke says... Um, what was it? Sort of like it says, uh, for those that don't know, Maisie is epileptic, uh, but she's she's less epileptic fit, more epileptic shielding. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the oh. kind of vibes I get from, from the doctor and Clara in sort of this, these like early stages. But yeah. 
<laughs> and it, it gets me later on when Clara just absolutely belts him. Uh, but that's the relationship anyway. the Doctor and his companion should have. None of this romantic kissing. Oh, God, here we go this is the way it should be. We had enough of that last week. Moving, moving on. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, do- the doctor is taking Clara with him to effectively, as the title dictates, oh, sorry, you know, insult the Dalek. Sorry, just quickly. Um, just after that, when the doctor was was insulting her, um, it actually does go all serious and say he needs the truth from her, and she sort of clocks that he's scared and he's scared of the answer to his next question, and he asked her to be sort of cold, calculating, without emotion, to, to mm-hmm. be his friend and tell him the truth, and he, he asks, "Am I a good man?" And her answer is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, oh, why don't I ask? Uh, so, yeah, then they're going into the Dalek. Um, but the, they get on board the Aristotle, and uh, when, <laughs> when they're in there and he says, uh, what was it, he, get, he gets there and he's um, he's saying, this is uh, this is gun girl, she's a girl, she's got a gun. And this is, uh, <laughs> I think... I think this is this is a sort of commandery type. I think he's her uncle. Are you the same one as the last one? I don't know if he's actually her uncle. It could just be something I've made up to pass the time while we were talking. <laughs> yeah, it's so dismissive and so well patronising, but it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I do too. And, and that was after the, the run back the um, the doctor getting sort of the the lowdown on how the Dalek came to be on the ship as well. I don't know if you clocked any of that. Go on. So they just found it floating in space. It had been oh, yes. shut down. They were trying to disassemble it, but they didn't know there was a living creature inside until it started screaming. Mm. It's like, fucking hell. And the Dalek's asking for help. The doctor's saying, not my problem. And then the Dalek says, the Daleks must be destroyed. All Daleks must die. And Capaldi turns around to, to have a go at the Dalek. And so really, you can see him. He turns around full of such venom and then he realizes what the Dalek said yeah and his face just drops and it, it, it again just brilliant from capaldi i absolutely love him. looking back and, and at the time it's just such a it's just such a good actor and a, and a really good doctor um and we get as well we're back just briefly back in the tardis um clara's basically calling the doctor out for being prejudiced saying there can be no good daleks mm which he sort of recognises a great point. And he says, uh, do I pay you? I should give you a raise. And she just she claps back with, you're not my boss, you're one of my hobbies. Go <laughs> yeah. <Come> on, lass. <laughs> oh, yeah. What you what you'd give to be Clara's hobby? I'd love to be a hobby of Clara's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, effectively, we get to the point then where uh, Clara, the Doctor, and some... Uh, well, RB types were getting uh, Sergeant, sorry, Lieutenant Blue um, going with them and a couple of other. Well, the doctor refers to them as, uh, well, asks, are they babysitters initially? And it's, oh, they're not babysitters. They're here to make sure that you, you aren't working with the Dalek or anything like that. So they'll shoot you if that's the case. And the doctor just said, oh, well, that's good. I hate babysitters. And um, <laughs> they're getting their instructions on what to, what to expect and how to uh, operate with regards to the. The shrinking down, the oh, miniaturization, I, I suppose. And <laughs> when they took one of the instructions is to not hold your breath when it starts, even though you may feel the urge to, or your body may want you to. And Clara asks why, and the doctor explains, "Have you ever microwaved a lasagna without popping the film?" 
what happens? Clara says it explodes, and the doctor just says, "Don't be lasagna," and it's just <laughs> such a silly line, but it's perfect, isn't it? But the situation is delivered in the gravity he puts behind it. It's like, "Don't be lasagna." So, oh, yeah. Okay, I won't be lasagna. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this isn't long after Clara's put her absolute foot in it as well, because she's still all happy and smiley about going for a drink with Danny. And she's talking to Lieutenant Blue, who's running her through the bracelet controls and saying, well, you look like a school teacher. So I am a school teacher. And she effectively asks who makes Lieutenant Blue smile. And she says, well, my brother did, but he burned to death a couple of hours ago, so he's letting me down at the minute. Let's crack on. She's like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. What a bombshell to drop on someone. Oh, that was unnecessarily harsh, wasn't it? <laughs> it was brutal, but then again, she literally did have a brother burned to death a couple of hours ago, so we can figure it This is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, we then get the shrinking down of the, I suppose, party heading into the, uh, mm. the Dalek. This was interesting. They're in a kind of little capsule type effort with uh, a bit more tech sliding back and forth around it, which it then was fucking garbage in. initially. Yeah, it didn't look great, did it? It looked very awkwardly sort of sped up. The mm. second shot's better when it's sped up to a point that you almost can't see it. But those bits where it's like the speed's increasing, it's obvious that it's just been moving at one speed, and then they've had to like you know move it on effectively. Then what? It just yeah, it was it was a little bit ropey, which can't be said often for, for this era, really. No, no, very true. What I did like, though, is that when they were shrunk down, they're so small, they have to be picked up with a set of tweezers in this little capsule yes. that they are in. And we get the view of what the, what they're seeing, the Doctor and Clara, from, from the capsule. And we see you know Clara looking at the, f- the floor and the tables and so on as they're going past it, saying how wonderful this is. And then they're going into the Daleks' eye stalk, and mm. we see Capaldi looking down, and we get a shot of the Dalek beneath us as the capsule is heading towards where it's going to be put in. And I thought that was really effective as well. Yeah, it looked awesome. But really, really awesome. Um, just, you've never never seen a Dalek from that angle before. I'm looking that massive. Um, what did you make of when they got out of the capsule? and started moving through the eye stalk. Because it was a bit odd to um, me. It was, it was like they were trying to make it seem like an organic eye. You know, you've got the, the fluid inside your eye. Yeah. I felt like they were trying to do, do that, which seems weird from a technology standpoint for a Dalek, but also explains why the eye stalk's the weak point. Uh <sighs> I'll be honest with you now. I, I, I might as well just you know say what I was going to use in my, in my summing up later on. I'm not a massive fan of this whole being shrunk and put into the Dalek thing and mm. seeing the insides of the Dalek and this apparently does this and these units over here do that and this is the eye stalk and this is where the memories are kept. And all. I'm not a big fan of that, to be fair. I think mm. it's too much it's not too much like a peek behind the curtain because it's, it's still fiction of course, but it's kind of mm-hmm. too much. It's too revealing. Maybe it's too, it's too sort of inside what's going on. And it's, I don't think you're ever going to get it as, as grand and as impressive as it should be for, for what, what we're talking about. I, I'm just not, there's a lot of this episode that I thought was good. There's a lot that works. There's a lot of Capaldi's, um, uh, Capaldi's acting, Capaldi's performance, Capaldi's interactions with, with Clara, that 
are brilliant and they really work. And there's mm. also other moments with the doctor where we're still discovering who this new doctor is that I liked as well. But the whole theme of being shrunk and put inside a Dalek on paper sounds interesting, but in reality, it, it somehow just misses for me. So the whole ice stalk okay, thing that you that's interesting. the whole ice stalk thing that you were mentioning, I, I wasn't too big of a fan of that. To be fair, all right, that's interesting because not I'll get to it in my final thoughts, but I'm of a similar mindset for slightly different reasons. Okay, so that's going to be fun to get into. But what I will say is, it you sort of got put it into my mind there, saying about how it's too too much of a sort of a deep dive, quite literally into the dark, you know, into Daleks <laughs> and their inner workings and all of that. Um, it reminded me of Star Wars because in the Star Wars franchise, there are books upon books upon books of legends and and not official canon stuff that have been going into. But then there are also things that people have actually put together, like technical drawings of how certain ships would work. Okay. And like gone into great detail of this links to that, that does that, this is the thruster, this is how the how light speed's controlled and all of this. And yes, it's fiction, but it, it's it then becomes quite dry. Mm-hmm. Right. Not like I say a technical manual. And I think that's maybe where this comes in. I, like I said, I, it's a great idea on paper. You know, the shrinking thing is a trope that's been done in sci-fi since God knows when, isn't it? And, you know, yeah. shrinking down, go inside something. We've seen it a million and one times in various different things. And on the surface, seeing the interior of a Dalek is cool. And a lot of it looks really good. And they deal with it really well. And, and having to have the humans move through this physical space in a way that's then saying, okay, this is this, this does that, X does Y, if it's into B, yada, yada, yada. But then it, it, it kind of loses me later on where Clara's moving through something and there are just buttons for her to press that are conveniently the same size as a human hand. Yeah. It's like, that is a major design flaw. Mm-hmm. Unless, you, unless you're talking about you know, Daleks can do some sort of manual shrinking override. So they send another little Dalek in there, but you're not going to have a Dalek rolling over all them cables. No, definitely not. Definitely. I mean, we also have the, uh, um, the issue that I have with the, the people slime, but we're going to get to that in a moment, I guess, because we're coming up quite quickly. To <laughs> that, that just sounded like you were talking about cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um I have an issue with people slime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I suppose we better get to the antibodies because they they arrive very quickly, don't they? Uh, this aspect of it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this idea I do like because it makes perfect sense. If there's something in the body of whatever causing trouble that shouldn't be there, then antibody antibodies antibodies. <laughs> We're not <laughs> <here>. <laughs> we have no antibodies here. This is a local <laughs> shop. Um, we. <laughs> <laughs> we are very much pro bodies exactly <laughs> but only local bodies <laughs> I said pro bodies and it had me thinking of yakult that was probiotic <laughs> oh my grizzling God. yakult over an ass I'm um, anyway. so tired <laughs> um, I'm so tired yes. don't make me eat another yakult off your backside please oh wait it's you Clara fine <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh dear. Um, oh, it's been a while since I've gone just done one of them rabbit holes. Fucking hell. Yes. <laughs> uh, antibodies. Then it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yes. As, as a, you know, a body's defense and so on. I like the way they look a little bit Dalek. I like. I thought that was mm. quite a nice little touch. Um, but there's just these these balls that are flying about, and initially it's because they. The, the the soldiers that are with the Doctor and Clara use like um, I suppose they're like zip lines, aren't they? They're, they're yeah, sort of like shooting these hook. zip lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, what I do like is the Doctor giving the explanation because he starts flipping out, saying it's not a machine or not fully a machine. It's a perfect analog of a living being, and you've just hurt it. So effectively, the act of it jabbing into the what's called the cranial ledge and, and trying to get up there that's alerted the antibodies, which are effectively little drones. Mm. And now, and now they've been attacked. It, that made perfect sense. Yes, yes. Um, the the antibodies arrive, and what was the guy's name? Is it Josh? Ross. Ross. Sorry. Uh, they basically just vaporize that fucker, don't they? They turn him into <laughs> sand. Yeah, the, doctor, the doctor gives him something to eat. Yeah, um, I, I'm thinking, oh, says, brilliant! He's going to help him out, yeah. Yeah, th- this is where it comes in with, with Capaldi's early run. And and actually throughout a lot of throughout his entire run, he's he's very quick to come to con- the conclusion that he can't save someone. Mm-hmm. But he it's a weird moral shift in that the doctor previously was so fixated on trying to save everyone, but now he will save as many people as he can. Mm-hmm. And if that means letting someone die who is effectively dead anyway, then he will and won't feel too bad about it. Because he's yeah. given Ross a, he's given Ross something that he can track. And the way he puts it... When, oh, that's quite, uh, it's quite dark, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also... It's, it's, very, it's not... It's practical. It, it's very cold and practical and pragmatic. Mm. And and that's how he puts it. He says he was to Lieutenant Blue says he was dead anyway. I'm using his death to save us. Which is like it's just like whoa. It's it's kind of like that more it's, it's, it's that moral dilemma that's put to um uh that's put to yeah, it's one of those like AI robot tests where it's saying if um off yeah, for like self driving cars, if a train was on a track or a car was in a situation where if it swerved left, it'd kill a child or it kept on its main course, it'd kill uh, four adults. Which would the robot choose? Right. And it, that's because there's no, there's no right, there's no right or wrong answer. It becomes a question of morality. So what does the robot choose? Well, we don't know. That's the danger of AI. That's the danger of AI. But what the doctor's done is take a similar thing and say, "Can I save this guy, or do I save the rest of us?" Uh, and because it'd take too long to save Ross, he's decided to save everybody else and just gone. That's fine then. Saved as many people as I could. Yeah. Very but cold. You, do, you know, yeah. But if you know, if, if the if it if it did boil down to pure mathematics. Then the the question that was posed in the scenario, I I just said it ended up in killing a baby. It's a bit of an extreme example. Okay, yeah. 
but it, that's just what it put in, put in my mind that as long as the doctors the doctors doing sort of checks and balances and weighing stuff up and just going I will take the majority yeah it reminds me a little bit not because it's a similar scene or anything like that but it reminds me a little bit of I think it's the end of Star Trek 2 mm. uh, a lot of massive Star Trek fan to be fair I ain't seen that I used to, have you not? Why? Okay. <laughs> I used to watch a little bit of Next Generation when I was younger, but just because it was on and we only had four channels. And, but the movies I watched as well. And again, I'm not a massive fan, but Star Trek 2 is a really good film. Whether it's Star Trek or not, it's just a good story, a good movie, of good characters, and so on. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, somebody sacrifices themselves for the greater good of, you know, and, and it's kind of that kind of vibe, but the decision is not being made by the individual. It's being made by somebody else here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, well, we see somebody later on sacrificing for the greater good. Oh yes. Yes. Very true. Don't we? So that, that does come into it. Um, it then gets dark again very quickly. Cause we have the whole thing of finding, you know, the doctor wants to find where the, where the organic waste goes and they'll jump down the big internal slide. The doctor's enjoying it a bit too much. And it's actually a feeding tube um, that's keeping the Dalek alive. And Lieutenant Blue asks if Ross is here. And the doctor has no emotional attachment to this guy or to seeing him die and doesn't really give a toss about anything that anyone else might be feeling. And he says, uh, yes, uh, top layer if you want to say a few words. Jesus, it's, it's but this, this, this actually, we actually glossed over a little bit from before that, but that I forgot as well. Um, when the doctor brings Clara in, it, she, he's asked who she is, and he said, Well, he's not my assistant, she's uh, what's another word? And then Clara says that she's a, his carer, yes, which is kind of a throwaway, haha. But then the doctor follows that up with, Yeah, she's my carer, she cares, so I don't have to. Yeah, and we're kind of getting more and more vibes as to what this type this doctor is going to be. This, what type of person this doctor is going to be in the early days, aren't we? With comments like that. Yeah, and and he's he gets a bollocking off Lieutenant Blue because her friends just died. But the doctor's pointing out that this is the weakest spot in the Dalek internal security. As logically to a Dalek, nothing is alive in here. Uh. And he's put putting it that in basically saying that mortuaries and ladders are the easiest to break out of, and they are now in both. And it's just like, fuck it, but that's his justification for being able to say things like that. It's like, I've done the thing, what more do you want? I don't have to be nice about it. Which is actually in direct opposition to to this doctor's final speech, because he he always says at the very end, try to be nice but never fail to be kind, and he has been neither here. Unless you cl- your class saving the lives of kindness. Yeah, I suppose again it's the the sort of changing character, isn't it, through Capaldi's run? But here they're in the aforementioned people slime, and <laughs> this. I mean, the doctor oh. explains that this is you know organic matter. The, the he says something like the Daleks' victims or the Dalek or people that they've killed could get turned into protein and. and Again, this is all new information. We've never had this before about a Dalek, have we? I don't think it's been seen since. It's it's one of these things that Chibnall's thrown out there and never done anything with. You know? Yeah, I'm not a fan of this, mate. Um, 
I'm kind of ambivalent to it. It, it makes it makes sense, but it also conjures up the image of after any given battle when the Daleks are exterminating people and the corpses are dropping, or you know that some of them are just turned to dust that they end up having some like kind of Dalek Roomba, mm. just like rocking around and just hoovering shit up. Yeah, um, which then goes on. What, to what, what the Dalek? I wonder what the Dalek. I what the Dalek cleanup crew look like. <laughs> I just imagine Daleks instead of a, a French made outfit instead of a plunger a feather duster yeah uh, and the, <laughs> like little marigold gloves on or something like that but <laughs> feather duster anyway. plays the plunger and a marigold over the gun yeah <laughs> this in fact um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sanitize <laughs> uh, the, the doctor Clara and the others escape down a bolt hole he undoes a a, a bolt it's a literal, it is literal yeah yeah um, and they're crawling to a, a, a wherever they, they have a destination in mind I'm assuming and there's a noise then that the doctor is made aware of, and it's a Geiger counter that one of the soldiers is carrying, and it's getting louder the further they head downwards. Um, yeah. And effectively, this leads us to the, the, the information that is radiation poisoning that's causing this Dalek to. You, you've missed. Um, you've missed another great exchange between the doctor and Clara. Okay. When they're crawling through the pipes, uh, Doctor asks if everybody's okay oh, yeah. in tight space. Clara says, any comments about my hips will not be tolerated. And the doctor says, your hips are fine. You're built like a man. And <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, oh, thanks. Um, mm. Which is blatantly not true. Oh, best looking man. As, uh, as Clara's crawling through a pipe in, uh, in <laughs> covered in people slime. Well, this is the thing. They're not straight away again, are they? They're caked in this stuff. Like they, they look like, you know, when in Ghostbusters two they fall in the river of slime. They're caked in this stuff, but then straight away they're dry again. There's no. Well, that's that's the funny thing about people slime. Um, it, it immediately uh, it immediately dissolves in two hundred rads of radiation. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the uh, it's the the dissolving point of the Dalek people jizz. You're so full of shit. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, the thing is, though, that does um, raise the question, right? The Daleks have a feeding tube, mm-hmm. which means they are processing nutrients, taking things in, and, and you know, taking this people slime in and, and processing that. Yeah. Where does the Dalek poop go? I, had, I imagine, you know, the, the little rain bumps on the Dalek. There's one on the back. They just pop No, they're not turds. I imagine oh, one wow. of them. One of them just pops open, and then a little Dalek poo falls out of it. <laughs> Do you know what it's like? They just one of the balls just drops out, and then another <laughs> one takes its place. The Dalek's turtle headed, but like twenty times <laughs> all over itself. <laughs> that's that's the easiest way to track a Dalek. Excrement. Excrement. Defecate. Just these little golden turds. Just these giant golden turds just rocking about. Fucking hell. 
And then you have the Dalek cleanup crew again, <laughs> wouldn't you? Just scooping around, sweeping up all the... I suppose they'd have to have some sort of weird uh, sort of cleaning hockey sticks because all these poos are perfectly round. I'm imagining, like, you know how trains used to have um, cow catchers on the front? Oh, yeah. It's like the triangles. Uh, the triangle things. I'm imagining one of them. But it just, like, tip, it, like it gets to, to a point and then, like, tips it up. And just sort of gobbles it. And it's just like, it's just like a Dalek turd muncher. Did you say cow catcher? That's what they used to be called, yeah. Is it? It was there to, yeah, so then if any cattle were on the line, they could just, like, nudge them out of the way. The big triangle thing on the front of the train is, like, massive. Well, if Thomas the Tank Engine has told me wrong... <laughs> I thought it was for clearing snow. Might be for that, too, but I remember it being called a cow catcher. Oh, okay. But like I said, I, I could have been lied to as a child, but it's just stayed with me ever since. But on Skyro, obviously, they're, they're, it's a poop scoop. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, we then get... We're at the stage now where we get a a conversation with the Dalek, don't we? That The Doctor is named Rusty. And we get the yeah. explanation <laughs> as to, to why this Dalek has become good, so to speak, and wants the rest of the Daleks to die. Um, and he, the Dalek explains that Daleks just want to kill everything and destroy everything and so on. They're full of hate. But this Dalek has seen beauty. It has seen a star being born. And I sat there and just thought to myself, this is fucking nonsense. Mm, it's not the first time a Dalek's gone good. Because mm, yeah. we start with the Dalek Khan. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, who did an emergency temporal shift, uh, fell in, fell into the time war, ruptured casing. They thought he'd gone mad, but he was actually plotting the downfall of Davros towards the end of uh, the David Tennant, Catherine Tate series. Um, this is this is essentially the same thing on a smaller scale, because what's happened is something in the Dalek inner workings is leaking trionic radiation, which is effectively giving the Dalek radiation poisoning and altering its brain chemistry. So while it's been damaged, it's seen that it's had this radiation leak. It's been susceptible to new ideas and has seen the truth of the Daleks, much like Dalek can. Yeah. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad for me. I was like, oh, because we've, again, we've seen it before. We saw in going back to Dalek in 2005, when it, when the Dalek had its, mind effectively poisoned by extrapolating Rose's DNA. You know, it's no dafter than that. Yeah, that's when true. You, when you put it all in those sort of relative terms, it's this is act prob- probably the most logical when you combine the radiation poisoning with what it saw in space. Yeah, I guess. Um, the so doctor... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the doctor fixes the radiation leak. And at the time, I thought to myself, Wow, that was bloody easy. But obviously, as the episode progresses, you realise it had to be that easy to get more of what we see coming up next in. If it was too big a deal, it would you know dominate too much time. And it's just using the sonic screwdriver can just sync it back together so the leak fixes. This means that the Dalek is fixed, it's sorted, which naturally means the Dalek is going to be bad again. And it contacts the Dalek fleet. And this it's, is it's where pretty obvious when you think about, about it as well. So oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, we've got a Dalek that's got radiation leaking into it 
let's stop the radiation leaking into it and hope that the damage is permanent. Mm. Um, yeah. I do like what um, the doctor said, though. Is an anticlimax once in a while is good for my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this, this, all, this is where it all goes very dramatic as well. Uh, but you were saying about the Doctor and Clara. Yeah, the Doctor and Clara have a, a bit of an argument, basically, don't they? And she, like you said earlier on, she absolutely wallops him, doesn't she? Yeah, because she's been a dickhead. Yes. <laughs> she's, but it's it's one of those things where Clara's obviously, it, it's the it, she's being very teacher-like in trying to bring everybody to the conclusion that she's already reached. Because... The doctor saying it wasn't, it was broken, not not good. Uh, he gave it a shot, didn't work. What else does he expect? And he, you know, he's had a good lieutenant blue. He asked Clara what the looks for, and she bends it. <laughs> it's the look, it's the look you get when I'm about to slap you. And and that's the point where I figured you'd be the most jealous. Yeah, maybe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing all this, and it was, it's very, it's very good now with sort of the, the race against time to figure out what to do and the whole thing, uh, the hub, the Dalek attack start starting and, and trying to save as many people as possible again. Mm. Yeah. Um, we also then see, you say about the, you know, the race against time and so on. This is brought on because obviously the Dalek has contacted the Dalek fleet so that they are, they can locate where the ship is hiding and they can, they can basically storm the, storm the ship and, kill everyone which is you know the Daleks way but also uh, Uncle Blue who is the commander has decided we're going to just destroy this Dalek no matter what so mm. he tells his niece sorry but you need to blow that fucker up from the inside I know it's going to kill you too but just get on with it so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of where we're at now isn't it you've got these two um, I suppose ticking clocks running alongside each other Dan yeah, yeah, it's a dual countdown. Um, trying to figure out what's going on uh, with the Dalek, the Doctor wanting to do better because he's finally realised what Clara was on about. And I do like that where he where he, he says, are you, "Are you sure I don't pay you?" And Clara says, "You couldn't afford me," um, which is fair. Um, and yeah, Lieutenant Blue defying the odds, and the humans just fighting to stay alive. Um, they start climbing the Dalek. And for, this this bugged me more than it should have, but also made me ask an amusing question. It was windy in there. Mm. How was it windy inside the Dalek if that wasn't the Dalek farting? <laughs> this is a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, obviously as well, this is not climbing, climbing, is it? They're, they're on the floor and it's been shot at an angle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quite a rare um, to be to be seeing through an effect in New Who that easily, but it was obvious to me what they were doing. Yeah, well, it's it's how they how they always do it. I've, I've been able to see through that since the original Spider Man movie. I saw I watched the behind the scenes thing. It was like, oh, this is how I did it. So I'm like, every now, every time, I'm just looking at it, just going, oh yeah, looks pretty good. But it all depends how it's shot and the angles and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it doesn't bother uh, me too much. I did like Capaldi's little speech. Um, here as well, it's the first, his first sort of good rant, if you like, um, saying the Dalek isn't just some angry blob in a Dalekanian tank. If it was, the radiation would have turned it into a raging lunatic. 
And Lieutenant Blue just says, it is a raging lunatic, it's a Dalek. Yeah. And he said, Kamali says, but for a moment it wasn't. The radiation allowed it to expand its consciousness, to consider things beyond its normal frame of reference. It became good. That means a good Dalek is possible, which is what Clara was trying to lead everyone to for the whole time. And if she'd have just fucking said it. Yeah. Come on, just just say what you mean. You got stopping such a teacher. You got so much stuff going on. You know, you're under a bit of pressure time wise. Just get on with it. You ain't got to be so such a smart ass, have you? Yeah, exactly. And the plan comes together where they go to the cortex vault that we saw before. We saw the memory banks and the emotional inhibitors that the doctor said was basically refined evil. And they need to go up there, unlock the memories. And Clara asks how, and he just says, "Do a clever thing." Uh-huh. which is bullshit and uh-huh. um, the doctor will change its mind forever but hasn't a clue what it is yet now that for the doctor that's fine for the companions as much as Clara's been around him and all that is he really expecting her to figure out the internal workings of dialect physiology and, and how the machinery works well, that quickly it's like for fuck's sake <laughs> I mean, thankfully though she does because there are these buttons that you mentioned earlier on, which is quite convenient, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, so she's just going to go up there, do a clever thing, and oh, look, buttons. Um, yeah, it's it's not good, but it this is kind of it, kind of this is the, the some of the best and some of the most annoying bits about Chibnall's run, right as the show in that a lot of it is just so convenient. And like I said before, there's bits and pieces set off because it was fun and then never touched on again, or not worth, not thought about how to weave it in from a, from a, you know, from a wider perspective or anything like that. It, it, it's, <laughs> I'm going to liken it to wrestling. It's lurching from one show to the next with no, you know, like some wrestling companies do, with no plan and changing things at the, you know, at the last minute, and people just coming out screaming, "Wait!" But I thought this was that. That was the yeah. what happened to this. What happened no to that? bigger picture, no bigger plan. I suppose it feels like it, yeah. yeah, or at least not to the not to the degree of the Russell T Davis era, where he, you know, where he worked in all the the Harold Saxon stuff and the the Torchwood stuff. Mm. From the you know from Dear Dot effect or the Bad Wolf stuff going back to the original um, New Who series, and it's a lot to ask somebody to do, and we were quite spoiled right off the bat with Russell T. Yes, this is true. This is true. But uh, it's still it's still the measuring stick. Well, yeah, of course, you know. Um, effectively, now we've got a few different things going on. The Dalek fleet is boarding the the human ship. The um, <sighs> Clara is climbing to the memory banks to turn memories back on. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on, like you know the, the battle on the ship, lots of shooty shooty stuff happening, and we then get the soldier we mentioned earlier on sacrificing herself by shooting the zip line to enable Clara and Lieutenant Blue to start the the, the ascent to where they need to be. Um, mm. And of course, this brings out the antibodies. So, literally sacrificing herself. Uh, and she says, I-, "I like this." She said, "Name something nice after me." I thought that's yeah, quite Gre- cool. Gretchen, Alison, Carlisle, name something good after me. But just before that, she asks Clara, "Is he madder or is he right?" Mm. And Clara's response is, "Hand on heart, most days he's both." 
Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, and Gretchen, she goes out in a blaze of glory, effectively. But the Doctor makes a point of hanging back and witnessing her last moments. Mm. I don't know if you clocked that. Yes. So it's, it's the first indicator that he actually does care, at least to some degree. Yeah, and then we get the, the weirdness that looking back now is so fucking cool. But at the time, it had me going, what the hell is going on? Because the soldier just appears sat having a cup of tea with a lady who introduces herself as Missy. Yeah. It's looking back now, it's so funny seeing Missy like this, but she Welcome to Heaven. Cup of tea, little splosh. Yeah. It's just for some reason the phrase little splosh just made me laugh. Um but it's also quite sinister knowing how the rest of this season plays out. And exactly. So this this is in direct opposition to what I said before because these were built into almost every episode. Uh-huh. So Chibnall was building to something, um, and and you know did have at least one larger plan, but could only do the one effectively. Yeah, there we go. Um, Clara's like we said, turning the memories back on, trying to find the one that is uh, of the sun being a star being born. Sorry. Um, the Doctor is now talking to the Dalek and has some what looks like cables, but closer inspection, they're kind of cables or veins of some description. They're all gloopy and slimy and connects them together, which then puts his mind in the Dalek mind. Have I got that correct? Uh, yeah, merging minds, effectively. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much um, what's going on. But he's there saying... You know, I'm going to change. I'm going to change you. I'll save your soul and and things like that. Um, in between that, Clara's Clara and Blue are in the cortex, and and they're on about it. Might just be the um, you know the bulbs might just be blown. And Clara gets into the machinery, and Blue has a great line saying, "If there's a pack of spare bulbs, break it to me gently." Yeah, yeah. This is weird for me now, though, because it's all a bit mind bothery, mind melting mind merging mind you know all that you know contact kind of stuff of people reading each other's minds and all that you know all that nonsense and i'm I'm that's not it's not me being negative on doctor who it's just something that i never really enjoy in any form of tv or or whatever to be fair Mm -hmm. at least with this we see montages and we see the images that that are leading the various parties to the conclusions because Rusty goes through, sorry, Rusty goes through everything saying, I see beauty, endless divine perfection, I see divinity, and then sees hatred, and he sees the Doctor's hatred of the Daleks, which ultimately leads them to where Rusty was before, but not in the way that the Doctor wanted. Yes, um, Rusty does then start saying, Daleks are evil, must be exterminated, and effectively, attacks the Daleks that are attacking the humans. He kicks the ever-loving fuck out of them. Yeah, and it's... I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're all Daleks, of course. They're all very similar, etc. But this Dalek seems to be extra hardcore because he's blowing the fuck out of all the others, isn't he? It's Dalek Rambo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All we need was a bandana. Yeah, oh, that would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? 
and a, and a, and a Bowie knife on the, on, on yeah. the stock. Oh, that would have been <laughs> um, great. Did you see the shot, though, after it was done? There were some really good dramatic shots of, of the Battle of the Aristotle as well, with mm. the humans falling back and really struggling to survive. I thought they were really well done. But when Rusty was done, there was a shot at one point, and it was just... It was a hole blown in the Dalek dome and just blue fluid leaking out yeah. of it. Like wind. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was so good, wasn't it? Yeah. Really good stuff. Um the Daleks, uh well, well the Daleks retreat because Rusty sends a message to them to a, a retreat signal. So the rest of the fleet uh back off. He says he has to go and be with the other Daleks. I don't quite understand that. What He's going to go fucking murder him. Oh, right. Okay. I thought he was just going to go join back out of there and just keep his gob shut that he doesn't agree with them or something. No, no. He's, he's going to go murder the fuck out of him out of the rest of them on the ship. Fair enough. Um, if we then get the, the last interaction is kind of uh, who's a good Dalek? No, you're a good Dalek, isn't it? Yeah, and this is, this is something that's come up before. Because, again, going back to Dalek, uh, the episode mm. that, that we've covered. Yes. Um, the Dalek looks the doctor in the eye and says, you would be a good Dalek. And this is the same thing because Rusty says, victory is yours and it does not please you. The doctor says, you looked inside me and you saw hatred. That's not victory. Victory would have been a good Dalek. As in turning the Dalek, you know, getting the Dalek, getting Rusty to the point of, going against them for the right reasons, not just out of hatred. Uh-huh. And this is the point Rusty's making. He says, I'm not a good Dalek because he was able to have his mind changed. But looking at the doctor and seeing the doctor's mind and the doctor's single-minded hatred for the Daleks, that is what makes the doctor or would make the doctor a good Dalek. Yeah. Yeah, again, I suppose it, it's... I think it's aiming, again, to be quite dark and quite deep, isn't it? But it doesn't quite have the same level of gravitas that the first time we heard it in the Eccleston episode for me. Still works, but it's not quite as quite as big, you know? Yeah, it's... Um, well, I mentioned darts earlier. It's, it's the equivalent of, of aiming for the bullseye, but hitting the 25. Hmm. In the 25 ring, we can see what you were going for, and it was a good effort, but it didn't quite land. But yeah. I, I like this for what it was. It, it wasn't as good as Dalek, but that's it's that is now a classic. Mm. Yes, yeah. And Rusty sort of toddles off, and then, and then does the weird look back. It's like, hmm, okay, then see you. I thought he was gonna give a little wave, you know, just can, can a Dalek wink, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I suppose it's only got one eye. It would just look like blinking. True. Yeah. Oh, it turns out Rusty's part of the cleanup squad and he's got his marigold back on. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've got such a mess that you want to see the state of this over here. Oh, my word. I'd better crack on. <laughs> but on the bright side, <laughs> it's also a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, the Doctor and Clara are, are set to leave now before Lieutenant Blue asks to go with the Doctor. And the doctor basically says no, because you may have been nice, but you're actually still a soldier. So fuck that shit. Because that's the way Capaldi's doctor is at the beginning, isn't it? A bit rich. Well, I suppose it's, I say it's a bit rich because of everything he did in the time war, but maybe that's why. Mm. 
you know, he just doesn't want to be around soldiers. So yeah. The Doctor's always been a bit that way. I mean, you go back to Tennant and the Doctor's Daughter episode, when it's two opposing factions just at war and, and churning out soldiers. Mm. He ain't a fan of them there either. No, no, that's true. Um, speaking of soldiers, though, the Doctor drops Clara back off. She has got changed for her drink with Danny. She comes out, <laughs> she comes out of the cupboard, and there did he is. Up, sorry, did right. you clock what the Doctor said? Oh, about and her getting Clara changed. Says, Clara says, how do I look? And he just says, short and roundish, but with a good personality, which is the main thing. <laughs> and then she says, I meant my clothes. And he's just, oh, good, you're still making an effort. <laughs> Still okay, making it. It's, it's good, isn't it? It's good. Um, Danny notices straight away that she's got changed and she has to sort of go, Oh, yeah, well, yeah, good, well done. And the interaction we had earlier between Danny Pink and Clara in the staff room, and we got the replays of him sat in the classrooms going through what he thinks he should have said, and mm. it was the awkwardness and the almost shyness and so on worked really well this here for me didn't work quite as well and danny pink goes are you really gonna go for a drink with me and she and clara's like yes but then he asks her two more times and it just makes him sound a complete it's not his fault it's what's written for him but it makes him sound a bit of a moron and then he goes oh i just thought you might have a rule against soldiers and it's like why would you assume that you're pretty aggressively went for it as well. Like, when mm. he was walking away, initially she was like, change your mind. Yeah. She's like, I definitely want a bit off you. Yeah, or, you exactly. Know, definitely want to go out for a drink with you, see what happens after that. Definitely want to go out with you, definitely, definitely. And then she followed him back to the classroom. And then she was like, so you're taking me for a drink then, aren't you? And he's like, uh, yes. <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, it, it, might just be a, it might just be a low self-esteem thing. I agree, though. It makes him sound like a moron because we haven't seen any real evidence of low self-esteem. We've seen the PTSD, but they're not the same thing. No, and that whole thing of, I thought you might have a rule against soldiers is obviously put in there because of the whole episode we just watched and, yeah, the Doctor and and all that sort of stuff. But when you actually put it into context that Danny doesn't know anything about that, He's just saying to this this last this this lady who has said she wants to go for a drink with him. Do you really want to go? Do you really? Are you sure? Do you really want to go? Are you sure? You might not like soldiers. That's just weird behaviour. I don't think that's very well written, to be honest. No, it leaves it leaves you filling in a lot of gap, um, which can be rationalised, but shouldn't have to be. Mm. Um, again, can maybe rationalise it and see what they were going for, but it, it, this one lands even wider of the mark, really. Yes, it does, indeed. It's annoying as well, because this episode does a, does a lot right and a lot should work on paper. It really should. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose we're at the end of it now. That's kind of the end of it, uh, end of the episode, so we should sort of sum up, I guess. And, and my initially, my thoughts are... There are great moments. There's some great dialogues and great one-liners from the Doctor, some funny ones and some serious ones and so on. But overall, I think this is a more of a miss for me than a hit, to be fair. Mm. What are you thinking, Dan? So I'm, I'm similar. Uh, on paper, this should work. It should be a banger. And a bit like what you were talking about last week with, with Rose, 
when you talk about Doctor Who being about moments, mm. this delivers some good ones and some good one-liners, but without any of it feeling classic or necessarily memorable, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get and it. And I'm, I'm caught in a sort of quandary with it because it kind of tried to do too much, but in doing so didn't quite deliver enough. So I'm wondering if the whole concept of this was maybe a bit too big to okay. fit into one episode. If this had maybe been a bit of a two-parter and we'd seen a bit more around the Aristotle and the Dalek battle and if the whole idea of finding a good Dalek was part of a wider sort of strategy, that might have that might that might have given that stuff enough fleshing out for me to care about the characters in it. Mm. Because beyond the Doctor and Clara, I couldn't give a shit about any of them. It's no no fault of the actors at all. No, I get you. They do they do what they do well with what they're given. But it's it's just missing that spark. It's left a bit cold and. and I think it's a bit similar to Rose in that this is really more about Capaldi's doctor trying to figure out who he is and establishing the relationship between Capaldi's doctor and Clara than it is about the actual story. But yeah, the problem is there was so much potential, that, yeah. but there was so much potential in the story that it feels like a, a, a bit of a letdown. But on the positive, you know, like I said, there are these really good moments and the battle scenes are fantastic and the effects, for the most part, look absolutely brilliant. And it, there's a lot of intrigue in it, but it's still left just sort of overshadowed. And I don't want to say disappointing because that's a, that's a bit too strong. Because it, it, I think it's better than this era of Doctor Who was given credit for and was given credit for at the time. But it isn't brilliant. It, it almost falls middle of the road. Like at its best, it's looking at like an eight out of ten in certain aspects. You know, like eight, eight and a half out of ten at some bits. And then others, it like the stuff with Danny at the end, it like drops to a drops to a four, mm. and it just leaves I mean, it all feeling very middle of the road. From from my standpoint, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's shite. Mm. I just think there's a lot wrong with it, and there's moments as well. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'd rather, like you get sometimes in classic Who, I guess, I'd rather they try for something and miss, or they try mm. for something and it's just a bit crap, like certain special effects and so on. Planet of the Spiders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then give us something that's just nonsense. And that interaction with Danny at the end was just nonsense. It's like, you've got no reason to say that to her. No reason to ask that question. It's just bullshit. Unless of course that was why she was waving the guardian newspaper around in the first place. I don't know, but <laughs> it's, there's, there's a lot more. There, there's, there's, there's some good in this, some shite, but I, mean, I, I don't think I'd rush back and watch it again, to be fair. Hmm. Like I said, it ends up all in the middle of the road, and it's it's unfulfilled potential. Mm. I think yeah. is my is my thing with it, which is a shame because, like I say, it's best. It's very good, but there we go. There we go. There we go. And speaking of going, where are we going next week? 
Well, next week it's Christmas. It's Christmas. So we're, we're going to go back and we're going to look at the very first appearance of David Tennant. We're going to that very first Christmas special in 2005. I've completely forgotten the name of the episode. <laughs> Just bear with me. Is it Christmas Invasion? That sounds about right. Yeah. It's Tennant's first episode anyway, whatever it's called. Christmas Invasion, yes. There we go, right. Oh, so that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's what we're going to be looking at next week. Uh, before we get there, though, Dad, John, everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self online. Yeah, I'm over on Twitter at DanGriffin21. Uh, you just tweeting and spouting off about any old bollocks that cross my mind, really, be it sci fi, football, movies, TV, etc. etc. Uh, if you want to hear more of me talking about stuff, I'm over on Unbooking the Territory. We're at UTT Podcast. And we look at the first and last of professional wrestling. We've got a number of side projects, most recently uh, Unstacking Dadatory, where we're looking at the run of Big Daddy and Giant Haystack from 1975 all the way through to the 1981 FA Cup final where 18 million people watched them wrestle. Uh, we've just come into the end of season one of that, of that at time of recording. Uh, we've also got The Life and Times of Tank Abbott and booking the Tankatory and play, wrestlers playing Gator Golf for the, the Elite Championship in unputting the territory. We will watch any old shit, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and here on SJP World Media, I am also on the volley, providing also the Premier League commentary uh, and MLS commentary at the time. This comes out where Matt and Connor will have covered the MLS Cup final. Uh, just looking at football with my strike partners, the aforementioned Magnificent Matt Lewis and Connor from Connor Knows Footy. Awesome stuff, mate. You mentioned SJP World Media there, and that is where you can find anything I am involved in as well, as well as this show, because that's the network that covers this, of course. So that's at, at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Twitch, all these places. Make sure you're following, liking, subscribing, and all that great stuff. And most importantly, you can find and follow this show itself on Facebook and Twitter at the Doctor Who Pod. That's at the D-R-W-H-O-P-O at the doctor who pod dan this has been decent mate it's been all right but i'm looking forward to seeing that tenant episode again next week i'm not gonna lie yeah the chat for this has been better than uh better than the episode unfortunately but getting into a bit of classic tenant and some sicker act goodness will be it'll be absolutely banging there we go uh, uh so i will speak to you for christmas doctor who next week and to everyone else as always thank you for listening I wonder how quickly a one-night stand at end if you called your jizz people slime. <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. It's a race against time. It's the end that the moment has been prepared for. I don't want to go. It was a nice nap. Now, down to business.